Tell me the craziest thing someone said when you came out as trans or LGBT. Um, I'll go first. My pastor growing up, my childhood pastor, from age birth through 16, he uh, was like a grandfather to me. He told me that my transition was a demonic possession in that Liam had possessed my birth name because she was weaker. He had overpowered her and that he would always pray for her redemption. What's up, y'all? My name's Leticia, and you're listening to Confessions from the Closet, a podcast all about vulnerability and overcoming. It's time we get ourselves unstuck from these boxes and these closets that we've allowed ourselves to be trapped in. We're so much bigger than these boxes we've been in. It's time we go deep, y'all. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another week of Confessions from the Closet. I'm really excited about this week's episode. I have someone who somehow found me on TikTok, which seems to be the app these days, and asked how to be on the podcast, which is really exciting for me. It makes my life easier. makes my job easier because, as I say every week, I really want to share y'all stories because each one is so unique and so different and so special. And so this week, I have my new friend Liam on. I'm going to let him introduce himself. Right. And tell us a little bit about himself for a second. Hey, Liam. Hi, I'm Liam. I found it actually through Jana Trans Mama because she oh, shared yeah. that she was on the podcast. And I was like, yeah, how can I get on this podcast? So I guess just comment on a video and that's <laughs> that's how you do yeah. it. So, so um, simple. Yeah, mm-hmm. super excited. Yeah, right. TikTok is the place to be. I've only been on it for like, I don't know, less than a year. I'm still learning the ropes. So <laughs> You have a, quite um, a following. Though. Yeah. I don't know how I had one the other day. I went really big, like totally unexpectedly. I woke up in the morning to like a bajillion notifications. I was like, what? I just edited that while I was, you know, my spouse was taking a nap and I was bored. I'll only throw something together while sitting here by myself, you know? Right. Then I put my phone away, didn't open TikTok till the next day, you know? So it's been cool. Um, yeah. So my name is Liam. I'm 27. Um, I've been transitioning, I'm um, transgender, female to male. I've been transitioning for five years now. I came out in 2016. Uh, I was in my senior year of college at the time. And I grew up very religious, so it took me certainly a very long time to kind of come to terms with everything. Um, I mean, I knew probably as early as age five that something was different about me, but like I didn't have the terminology or like the language to be like, I'm a boy. It was just like, mm-hmm. I don't feel like I'm supposed to be a girl, but I didn't like, I couldn't even really formulate like words with how I felt. I just knew that I felt uncomfortable for like my entire life. And anyone who knew me through childhood and like teenage years will look back and will tell you like, yeah, you were like a miserable person. Like you just, you were just kind of there. Like my grandmother says, she's like, you weren't really living like, yeah, I grew up living with my grandparents in the same house. And she's like, yeah, we lived together. But like, I didn't really know you. You were just kind of like there. Yeah. You know, you, you were just like a shell. You, you know, there was nothing about you. You just went and hid out in your room and that was it, you know. So mm-hmm. um, and that was just how I felt for my whole childhood. I just felt like something was different. But I didn't know that other people felt that way. I didn't know what it meant. And, mm-hmm. um you know, and there's so many things I can look back on now where I'm like, yep, that was gender dysphoria. Like, I always wore a backwards hat like this, you know, yeah. that, so I didn't have to see my hair. You know, I wore my hair like in a little bun on the back of my head. So, yeah. look in the mirror, I have hair, you know, little tiny things like that where I was just always like, you know, self-correcting and making myself feel better. Like, 
if we played house, I was always the dad, the brother, the dog. Like if someone was calling me a male name, like it just made me feel better. And it was, you know, obviously all kids kind of bend gender when they're playing, but it was like every time we played, I was always the male role. I yeah. didn't want to be the the mother role or, you know, so it was, it was more consistent than just like kids trade roles, you know? Right. That's something my mom tried to argue. Like, oh, I was the dad when I played kids. I'm like, yeah, but for you, that was just being a kid. For me, it was more than that. But yeah, we'll get into my parents later. But um, <laughs> yeah, just little moments like that all throughout my life. Like definitely the peak of it was like middle school. You know, like middle school sucks for just about everybody. You know, it's all it's a hard time. Yeah. Cis, straight, gay, trans, whatever. It's just crappy. But when your body's like changing in the opposite way that feels like it should, and it's like even worse, like all my friends were like excited about getting their period and getting, you know, getting bras and wearing makeup. And I was like, what? Why would I want to do that? Like, I really, truly, I think at that time thought I was just a boy, like all my other little boyfriends, Mm -hmm. you know, growing up. But then as we got older, it was like, we couldn't have sleepovers anymore. And it was like, but why not? We have up until like, you know, age 10, why can't we have sleepovers anymore? You know, I always just felt like I was the same as them. Um, and eventually I kind of, my parents kind of pushed me into fulfilling the, you know, more feminine roles. And mm-hmm. in high school, I just kind of like, was like, whatever, um, I'll just go with it. You know, I don't have the energy to fight back on, you know, they were trying to tell me how to dress and, you know, I need to like grow out of my tomboy phase and all that. And it was just, wow. I was depressed and unhappy and it was just easier to like, kind of go with it than to try and fight back on it. Um, and then it was at the end of high school that I came out as a lesbian because I thought, Oh, you know, in order to like women, you have to feel like a boy. That's how I kind of rationalized that feeling I yeah. had forever was like, I feel like a boy because I'm attracted to women. That's just how I understood it at the time. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that was like the answer. I was like, I figured it all out. I've, you know, I figured out why I felt so off, you know, like I'm gay. I had to come out as, as gay. And so I entered college, like trying to figure that out, but something was still missing. You know, it's like I had all these friends. I was like, you know, having a good time. I was playing rugby. I had a girlfriend. Like I seemingly had like everything going for me, but I still felt empty at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was just like, I couldn't see a future as a woman. The more I thought about it, it was just blank. It was like, I couldn't see a wife, kids, a, you know, a job, family, anything. It was just like nothing. You know, I yeah. couldn't, I didn't want to be a woman anymore. It was like, there was no way forward as a woman for me. And so mm-hmm. uh, I studied abroad in 2015 and it was me and two guys and two girls from my college. I didn't really know any of them. We all kind of just had a class together, but we were over overseas together. Yeah. And the whole time I felt like more like one of the guys. Same as like when I was a little kid. I was like, I feel like I should be in this group. Whenever we split off for, you know, whatever, for gendered things, I feel like I should be going with them. And that feeling was like coming back really strongly. And so they don't give you a lot of homework when you're studying abroad <laughs> because they want you to explore, you know? So I had a lot of nights where I was like, just watching videos on YouTube. Like, how do you know you're transgender? How do you know you're transgender? Like mm-hmm. everything I could possibly consume. And even so I was still not like 100% convinced. It was like, that's a cool thing that people can do, but like, that's not something that I don't think I can ever do because oh, my car is talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Goodbye. Okay. I didn't even know I had OnStar. Apparently I do. (laughs) Um, Anyway, because of how my family was very religious, I was like, there's no way I could ever transition. Like that would blow up everybody's worlds. And at the time I was like, I can't do that. That's too risky. You know, everybody's like my friends, whatever. Okay. With me being gay, but like trans is a whole different level. You just never know what people think. You know, it's a little more accepted. 
to be, you know, in a same-sex relationship, that that's more mainstream, I guess, than being mm-hmm. trans. This was five years ago, so it's it's become even more talked about now. But still, back then, it was still like not as much uh, seen or talked about. So yeah, I kind of put it on hold and just like came back and forgot about it. But um, the feelings didn't go away, and eventually, I, I shaved my head and um, I looked in the mirror and I went, "Holy crap, this is what it is!" Like, there's no, there's no you know, hiding from it anymore. Like, I, I wish I could describe the moment in words better, but it's like I finally saw myself looking back. Like, all these years I've been seeing this reflection that didn't really feel like I was looking at myself. And then as soon as I shaved my head and looked in the mirror, I was like, oh, there you are. Yeah. You know, and so at that point, I was like, okay, I have to do this no matter the cost, you know, mm-hmm. um, both emotionally, financially, whatever. Um, so... Thankfully, I had a lot of really great support from friends and most of my extended family, but my parents have been completely against it. Mm-hmm. Um, they're very conservative religiously, so I, I was raised uh, evangelical Christian. So, like, I don't know if you know Square Church. Yeah. Yeah, that's what they're part of now. And so, I mean, for example, my childhood pastor who I knew from I don't know, birth, maybe two or three. I don't know when he came to our church, but all the way up through when we left that church, uh, probably 15 or 16, he was the pastor of the church. He was like a third grandfather to me. Like I saw him more often than I saw a set of my own grandparents Yeah, because they lived far. So we had a really close relationship. Um, He told me that my transition was a demonic possession Hmm. in that Liam had overpowered the weaker female version of me and that you know she was too weak to resist and so liam had taken over and that he would always pray for her redemption and i was like i don't even know where to try and meet you in the middle like you know most people like my parents aren't that great but that's the person who was leading the church that my parents went to for 20 years you know yeah um they also thought obama was a muslim coming to ruin america so like (laughs) He's way far down over here. It's like I can't even figure out how to talk to you anymore. But yeah, um, I have someone else who was told the same thing. Um, Their child's like fourteen and just trans, and the pastor family member said the same thing, like possessed by demons. Like, oh my gosh, that's just just like next level, right? It's like Mm -hmm. what I made a TikTok about it recently, so. That's, that's I was like, tell me the craziest thing someone yeah. said to you when you came out. Oh, I saw that, that is mine. It's like, what? I just mm-hmm. like I can't even rational because I was like trying for a while. Like I cut off all these people who weren't accepting, but then it was like, okay, I don't want to like regret not at least trying to repair some of these relationships. So I was yeah. going to try and meet him in the middle. But then he said that this was all over email. And like I'm not even touching that. That <laughs> I'm going to let that one fall by the wayside because I. There's no in the middle for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I grew up in the church. My dad was a pastor. So, I mean, every other Sunday he was, he was like the assistant pastor. So every other week he was the one preaching, you know, we were always involved in church. It was, mm-hmm. you know, I, I remember being like five or six and, you know, they were always talking to you about like, oh, you have to like accept Jesus into your life. And I was always like, I don't really understand like what that means. But when you're little, you're just like, okay, yeah. So I remember one night being like, I think I'm ready to do it. And my family was like so excited that I was like, I'm ready to accept Jesus. It's like, I'm just doing it because I knew that it made them happy. You know, That was a step. It, I don't, right. My faith as a kid, I don't really think was my own. It was just like mirroring my parents, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, 
but the more the older I got, the more I started to be like, I don't really like this. Like I'm not, I don't really vibe with it, you know. And when mm-hmm. I came out as as lesbian, well, I was actually outed. So I was like semi dating this girl who was who my sister knew from being in dance school, and her family was Catholic, and they found a letter that I'd written to her, like a love letter. Mm-hmm. They gave it to my parents. And then my parents come to me and they're like, so you like girls? And I was like, no. And then they pull out this, my love letter to this girl. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, so I didn't, because my, my plan was like, okay, I'm just never going to tell them. I'm going to go to college. I'm going to figure out my life. They're just never going to know. Mm-hmm. That was my plan. And I got blown up completely because they're like, oh, here's this love letter you wrote. And weirdly enough, like my mom hung, hung on to that letter for a long time. I found it in one of her dresser drawers, like, two years ago like why are you still keeping this letter this love letter i wrote to someone else it was bizarre so i took it back but um (laughs) you don't need to keep that it's really weird i don't even talk to this before so (laughs) but that i mean my family's always been like very much like not confrontational so it's always Mm -hmm. like they started writing me these letters i'm literally living in their house i'm like 17 they're like writing me these letters about how i'm gonna go to hell if i keep doing this like they wrote a letter to like a bunch of people in our family being like, help us. We need some, like, we need like warfare prayer going on to like save her soul. Mm-hmm. And it was like, and again, it was like my mom had gotten this like a vision that like a demon was in our house, like trying to take down my mom through me by me wow. being gay. was going to like destroy my mom, which makes a lot of sense now thinking about how she's acted over the years. But, um, <laughs> So that was how they reacted when I came out as just gay. And it was easy enough for us to kind of like ignore each other. Like we just didn't talk about who I was dating. That was it. You know, we just kept on. I stopped really going to church at that point. I went off to college and when I was home for the summers, they're like, if you want to live here, you have to go to church. But most of the time I would, you know, like oversleep my alarm because I'm like, I don't want to go. Yeah. I'm going to a church full think the same way. Like I literally feel disgusting having to set foot in there because I know that all of them know because my parents have been asking everybody to pray for me. You know, so it just felt so uncomfortable. And I can remember a sermon. I don't remember what year it was. I think I might've still been in high school, but they were talking about like why marriage, you know, like the sanctity of marriage is at risk. And one of the reasons, one of the three reasons that the pastor gave was gay marriage. Cause I think it had just gotten legalized. Um, There was another point where they were praying about the governor to make the right choice about voting on whether or not gay marriage should be allowed in New Hampshire. And they were praying for him to vote no. Mm. And so I'm sitting there like, this is, and everyone's like, amen, amen, you know, like going crazy. And I'm like, this is so uncomfortable. And like, that was my only experience of church was like people with this mindset. So I'm like, either I have to, you know, be religious or I have to be queer. Like I can't be both. And like Mm -hmm. throughout the years, it was like part of me always wanted to come back to it. I always, I had like a secret like playlist of like worship music that I'd listen to when I was like sad, you know, like, Mm -hmm. but I didn't want anyone to know that I was like still listening to music and thinking about church and stuff because I had been like, so like fuck church and fuck Jesus. You know, I was like so against it because I was so hurt by everything that my parents were saying to me that it was like, you know, how can I ever go back? This is how church people think. You know, I can never go back. They're telling me I have to, like, you know, renounce who I am. Mm-hmm. And the same thing when I came out trans, my family, I knew my parents were going to take it badly. I saved them till the very end because I was like, they're not going to like this at all. Like, they already are so not into mediating women. And that's easy enough to ignore. But if I'm changing my whole appearance, yeah. you know, they're 
my friends were like, well, won't they like it now because you're straight? <laughs> it's like, no, I don't think it works that way. <laughs> unfortunately. That <laughs> yeah. That would be way too simple. Yeah. Um, but in a typical fashion, they had about the same reaction I did when I came out as, as lesbian. They were like, first thing my mom said, this was over video call. She's like, but you'll never be a real man. Mm. Which is like dagger right to the heart, yeah. you know? And I can see, see her facial expression she's got like confused wrinkle and she's just like that's the first thing she says it's really bizarre because they're so like focused on like the sexual aspect of it in a weird Mm -hmm. way like like we don't care if you like love women but like the sex is bad the sex part is is immoral yeah why is that such a big deal so you're okay with me like being in a relationship with this person but not so it's so weird. And then they're like, this is always going to be a dirty secret in your closet. And I'm like, why are you so fixated on that? Yeah. <laughs> Please stop. You're my parents. Yeah. But that's, you know, that, that was their viewpoint of like, this stuff is, the Bible says this stuff is bad, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And I spent a lot of time just not, I didn't go to church for probably three or four years. I think only this- on like Christmas when I came home. This is like before after you transition, trans- after transition. Well, like half before, half after. Like there's yeah, a period like the few years before I transitioned and the few years after, I was just like nothing to do with church. It was too painful. You know, it was too painful. I was like, I really want to go back, but how can I didn't know how to find a, a safe space, you know, and mm-hmm. nobody puts it right on their website. Like we hate gays, you know, it's so hard to find it. Yeah. Especially with like the four square churches, they're like so hip and cool. You like don't know that they're like so terrible until you're like Religious. in it, you know. And it was yeah. like right, and it was like if I'm going to go back to church, I want to be able to be authentic and be honest because I have a lot of church trauma and I want to work through it and get back to a better mm-hmm. place in my faith. But like I feel like I either have to lie about who I am, you know, just go into a church now and say oh, I'm just a cisgender guy, you know, like but it's like that's not honest and that would feel like always like inauthentic. And I was like, I want to repair my relationship, but I don't know how to do it without, you know, risking being hurt again. And that the risk was too high at the time. It's scary. Right. In 2018, my grandfather was dying and he was not afraid to die at all. He was, you know, the, he died about a week after Easter that year. But on Easter, we had this little at-home service and we're going around and we're all crying. And he's like, I know you guys are all really sad, but like, I'm ready to die. I'm going to be with Jesus. I am not afraid at all. You know, he's like, just let me go. Like, I want to go. I'm ready to go and be with Jesus. Yeah. And I was like, wow, I want to be, I want to be that sure about something. Like, it makes mm-hmm. me emotional to remember that moment. Cause it's like, that was what the switch flipped for me was like, okay, I really, I want to find a place where I can be active in my faith again, because I want to be that sure about, about it again, you know, like just seeing how comfortable and not afraid he was like of death. So, yeah. um, and him and my grandmother had been going to the same church for like 35 years, um, wow. a Lutheran church, which is where I go now. And that year, actually they were doing, what's the name of the book transforming by austin hartke it's about um what the bible says about transgender people mm-hmm. and um, they were, have been doing that and they're like adult kind of book study thing that they did and wow. for the last meeting summer the pastor was like hey will you come and just share your story with the group um and i was like sure i can do that and i did that and it was as simple as at the end this one guy came up to me and he's like 
I hope that you come back. Mm. And it was just so, it was like mind blowing. Cause it was like, wait, you want me to come back just like this as I am no mm-hmm. need to be like, Oh, you know, I'm not trans or I'm not gay. You know, it was like that one part of me was so small. He's like, I want you to come back. I was still afraid because I was like, okay, these like 10 people that I just talked to were so nice, but like, what about everybody else? Mm-hmm. So it took me, I went back and forth about it for so long over that whole summer. Like, do I want to go? Should I go? I really wanted to, but then I would get so afraid. I'm like, yeah. but what if, what if all the what ifs would start running through my head? And eventually I just started going back again. And it's been, I feel like so at home there. It's like that community that I always missed having, you know, as a kid and, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's it's been so healing over the years now. It's been like three years now that I've started going back almost exactly, actually. Um, wow. Yeah, it's – and now they're like officially became an open and affirming church. So in the Lutheran church, it's called RIC, so Reconciling in Christ. They have a big old rainbow flag out front of the church. And That's awesome. last year, my, yeah, last year my spouse and I, we had a little mini COVID wedding. So it was just us and our pastor and our and our families outside the church in front of the gay flag. That's <laughs> Got hilarious. married. So I love it. Um, I mean, if you had told me that three years ago that like I'm going to get married outside of the church, and I was, I would have been like, no, like what are you talking about? You know? Yeah. Um, and I know that like through all the moments, like God has been there, like gently pulling the string. Every mm-hmm. time I thought about like completely turning away, it was like one little thing would turn me back, and I always had my little worship playlist to fall back on and mm-hmm. um it's funny because like i grew up in the non-traditional service but i and i always thought that like the traditional like liturgy and all the da-da-da-da-da was so boring but now i love it and i don't know if it's just because it's because i think being in a church like my parents church would be so way too triggering mm-hmm. um, even if it was an accepting church that was more modern like even just like modern worship music now is like Okay, this brings me back to moments where I'm like, feel, felt so uncomfortable. So I think yeah. it's partially that like, it's just completely different from that. And also it's my own thing. Like now it's my choice to go. It's like my own, my own people, my own safe space versus mm-hmm. before it was like, you have to come with us and be yeah. in this environment. So, and, change. and I think it's, it's just, it's so powerful to me. Yeah. Because also like we're singing hymns that have been sung for like, hundreds of years and i think mm-hmm. that is so cool too I'm like wow pe- people have been singing these same songs since like the 1600s some of them you know like that feels so powerful to me rather than a song that somebody wrote last week not yeah. that that's not all beautiful and powerful but for me it's like wow the just the history behind it is really is really powerful to me too well and that so. they were willing to change and be accepting and they right. have yeah way longer history than i mean some of the churches that are so hip right now right exactly exactly i mean the the lutheran church wasn't always accepting but they've done the work to 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 come around and to really try and understand and you know now we just started an lgbt committee at our church right now it's well it's me and my spouse and like a couple of high school kids but they don't really do that much so i'm like i think it's just you and i and pastor that are going to be doing the work here (laughs) it's going to be a long ride but uh, we wanted it to be like a a place where people who are queer that come into the church like automatically can make some other queer connections and also be able to do some like educational stuff for our congregation Mm -hmm. so when we voted to become 
officially open and affirming. It was like a unanimous. It was 100 to uh-huh. zero. You know, like everybody voted yes. Most people that were hesitant about it at first were like, but we're already very accepting. Why do we have to do this? And it was like, well, this way people can see that we're accepting from the outside. We're able to say like, hey, this is a safe space rather than people having to risk it and come yeah. and see. So that's important. And a lot of people just, just don't know stuff. So we did a last June, we did. We've been doing all virtual church with COVID, but we did a virtual coffee hour where my spouse and I just talked about, I think we talked about pronouns and just other various topics and people just had so many questions. So it's like, okay, we're we're hoping to plan on some more events now that we're going to be able to start going back in person, just educational things Mm -hmm. for people to be like, how to be good allies. Like, what can you do to support the community in in coming back to church? Because it has been a very hurtful space for so many people. So long. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I I love that they're so proactive. Y'all are so proactive there in making change and yeah. making it more widely known that it is a safe place. Cause it's true. Like right. I remember when we went to our church, like we were terrified and I had all the what ifs. What if right. they know? What if right. they try to pray away the gay? What if because everywhere we went, that's mm-hmm. what we felt. We'd feel people sitting behind mm-hmm. us and like they're literally I know they're, they're trying to pray it away. Like I could feel their right. prayers and I was like, this is gross. Like stop right. praying for exactly. me. I'm fine. Pray for me to be right. happy, yeah. you know? Right. And then we walk into this church and my nephew is getting dedicated and my mom sat on the third row. So I was like, okay, let's just be right up front. And um, we knew that was home. That was safe. And we were like the first, I mean, openly married with a kid family there mm-hmm. there was another gay couple wow. but um we were terrified i was very terrified because we had been yeah. trying for so long to find a place and it's i don't think people understand how scary it is they're like oh just go find another church like you don't get it once you, you find keep one, opening yourself up over and over too it's for like, more trauma how many times can i open myself up to get the same thing thrown at me? yeah it's so crazy. And I was longing for the same thing. Like I was like, I have to be surrounded by people who have faith because that's all I know. But I want them to like right. me for who I am, not who for, for right. who they want me to be. Um, mm-hmm. So I love yeah. that y'all are so proactive at your church and they're so open to like hearing your story um, and your spouse's story. I think that's amazing. Yeah, we're actually, so there's like a ceremony. My pastor actually sent me the link to it he's amazing like he is one of the best queer allies like he's an ally for every marginalized group out there like he is an amazing guy and even his oldest child has come out as i think non-binary so he's like he's so supportive he's so great but he sent me this link this is before covid we were going to do it this year but um it's called like a a renaming ceremony so it's kind of like a baptism but it's like for trans people who that you kind of like let go of your old name and like wow. take on your new name like in this little ceremony um so we're planning on doing that eventually i think that'll be a really special way to like have yeah. the congregation involved and like see like this is how we can support queer people we can do ceremonies like this not just a baby dedication but like accepting yeah. your new name and you know saying goodbye to the old name so uh, and that was his idea. Like I had never heard of that before. And I tried to mm-hmm. Google it, but there's really not a lot of videos of it. Cause I was like, I want to know what that looks like. But mm-hmm. so certainly we'll be documenting that whenever I yeah. get to do it. Cause it's really a special moment. Especially and it's feeling you know, to have that place in a church environment where I've, you know, had so much hurt from church to have 
it's yeah. little by little all these positive moments are kind of chipping away at all the mm-hmm. the pain <laughs> yeah because so. there's still scars um, i mean even when you heal there's still oh yeah pain. yeah oh yeah now i think and with my parents i mean we didn't talk for a long time I'm kind of on speaking terms mostly because my grandmother lives with them so in order to see her i have to kind of deal with them and Mm-hmm. not talking to them like really wasn't working for me because it just it was painful and so we kind of just have this surface level relationship but every once in a while I like think back on like the, what they said in the past and all these things and it's like mm-hmm. you know it can be hard to move forward you know my mom and I had a conversation recently where she's like what did I do that with I'm like do you not re- do you not remember mm-hmm. like these letters I still have all of these like 12 letters in a drawer in my desk drawer like I can't get rid of them for some reason they're still there yeah. just holding on to them like do you not remember all these things that you said and did to me like it's like it was just part of their you know that was their experience of, of my transition as well I try and be gracious and know yeah. that they were totally blindsided but you know like at this point <laughs> like how can you not how do you not remember what you're saying and doing to me it's very yeah. painful I don't know that I'll ever have it a deep connection with the them or the people in my life that were from my childhood church. Like everyone, it's like everyone in my life has been great. And then all this, these people I knew from that church are the ones mm-hmm. that are like, no, you're a woman. God made you a woman. Yeah. Like, like you're saying God made a mistake. I was like, I have never said that. I never once said that. I don't believe yeah. he made any mistakes. I believe this was, was, was his plan. Mm-hmm. Like I've never once said God made a mistake. You're the one who's saying that. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, I fully believe that he was like, this is the plan for you. Like, I want you to, you know, pave the way for other people. Because for so long, I literally thought I'm like, I either I have to choose between the two. You can't be both queer and and Christian at the same time. You know, like those two things don't go together, but they so often do. And it's just so not talked about. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're a little bit younger than me, but we didn't have anyone to look up to that was like, you can be both. Right. All I knew was you couldn't. I felt the same way. You can't, you can either have God or you can have love and you're going to lose a lot of people. That's why I think it's so important. Just certainly won't have God's love. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's all I heard. And so I love that. I mean, this is like the heart behind the podcast is like, yes, you, you absolutely can have both. And obviously it's it's easier for the other generations right now already. And so many people paved the way before us. Did you have anyone, I mean, internet was like a thing, but not really social media. Did you have like any trans people who you looked up to? Definitely. There was a couple I followed on, on YouTube as a kid, but like none of them were religious. You know, it was just, they were just a good example of being trans. I can't honestly think of anyone that I follow or now even that, you know, is a religious queer person you know i feel mm-hmm. like so many people are like get hurt and they turn their backs completely which is a completely valid route to go as well you know obviously yeah. everyone has a different experience but yeah i mean i i definitely was following queer people but nobody that was having this similar experience to me so that i almost felt like i couldn't talk about it or i would be like invalidating myself in some way of like Mm-hmm. So that's why I always have my little secret faith playlist that I listen to, like that I told no one about. So I was like, I don't want anyone to know because then they're going to be like, oh, but you can't do that, you know? Yeah. I didn't because be like rejecting my queerness either, you know? I was like, mm-hmm. how do I balance those? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, because that's what I say sometimes. I feel like I'm too gay for the Christians and too Christian for the gays. Like, yeah, and it's just such yeah. a weird new road um, that right. hasn't been talked about right. enough. Right. And right. So. owning both is also a journey for me. Like, right. Like, okay. How do you find this new road that hasn't right. really been talked about? Right. We have to pave the road. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. Exactly. So you said your spouse grew up Catholic? Yes, Catholic and kind of the same evangelical. So we realized actually that we went to the same like four square evangelical church during high school. We just never oh. met each other. But uh-huh. they can remember seeing my family because we were all redheads. <laughs> and they're like, I remember your family. You sat up to the left in the front. And it's like, yeah. Wow. So it's funny. We've like, our, it's crazy. Our paths have like almost intersected at so many different points in our mm-hmm. life. But we didn't meet until two years ago. We met on Twitter. Um, and live in the same they dm'd me the rest is history so that's fun honestly thanks to my parents because i had put a whole series of like angry tweets being annoyed about easter and they had been misgendering me all day and i was like i'm so sick of my parents doing this it's been like three years like what i got a full beard you're still calling me she all of easter and so i went on this rant and they had messaged me my spouse was like hey like just wanted to say, hope today's better. You know, you know, all this can be hard for us queer folk. And then we started talking from there, and here we are. <laughs> so, That's awesome. Like, shout out to my because I wouldn't have made that tweet if they weren't sucking. So, <laughs> right. So, um, because you just started talking about it, your spouse goes is non-binary, and something we talked about last yeah. week was just trying to understand that more for listeners who don't know. Can you tell us a little bit? Yeah. About that? So. Yeah, I'll do my best to. So I'm definitely going to send you a link. My spouse and I made a video on my YouTube talking about when they came out. They just came out this year uh, recently, about two months ago. Uh, But they've been thinking about it for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And um, so basically they just feel like they've always called it kind of like woman adjacent. Like they were assigned female at birth and they've had all these womanhood experiences, but it doesn't feel like them. Mm-hmm. And neither does male. And I feel like more like they're just kind of a spiritual being, just like in a human body. So mm-hmm. they're more they they just connect more with with the they them pronoun. And I mean, th- there's no one way to be non-binary. If you look at all the famous non-binary people that have come out recently, you got Sam Smith, you got Demi De- Demi De- Demi Devo- Lovato. Jeez, yeah. Demi Demi Lovato. I'm saying Demi Devoto. I'm like that's not right. Um, and like Jonathan Van Ness, I mean, some people, Jonathan Van Ness, for example, he uses all pronouns. Mm-hmm. He, she, or they, you know, and Sam Smith is they, them. Demi Lovato just said, hey, I want to be using they, them. So like, it's different for every person the same mm-hmm. way that every queer experience is different. You know, it's, mm-hmm. I think a lot of times people try and box it into like this third gender expectation, but it's about not having gender at all. Yeah. You're just existing and you're able to be and express however you want. That feels most authentic. Like they still present very femme. Mm-hmm. So people often will misgender as she. So they have these giant earrings that say they have <laughs> really? been wearing. Like, yeah, they're like this big. That's awesome. <laughs> but um, yeah, and all the time they're always like, femmes can be them. You know, like you, it just goes to show like you really don't know what someone's pronouns are unless you ask them. You, you know? don't, yeah. Because um, that's. It's, it's just internally how you feel and like i truly am still learning from them like i don't understand it very well either because i went from one binary to the other i always knew i was a male on the mm-hmm. inside and i knew that female was not right 
So in the same way that I always knew that, they've always felt that they didn't really fit into either box. Mm. You know, yeah. they always kind of felt that way. But they're twins, so for a long time they're like, I don't, you know, I, I don't want to mess up my twin relationship with my sister. You know, there was a whole lot of different mm. factors that kind of held them back. And then finally I was like, you know, like, you gotta let you gotta let yourself free. You know, it's gonna feel so much better. And so finally, they came out this year, and I can I can see a change already where they just feel like better and more confident, even just in switching the pronouns. Yeah, you know, and yeah. So it's it's I'm still learning a lot as well. So definitely, I would I would say watch the video we made because yeah. we went through an answer, and you can you can listen to them answer better than I can probably sum up how they feel. But um, yeah, I'm still learning as well. I mean, I didn't really know any non-binary people personally until they came out to me so um it's just always been a thing where i'm like well, i don't really get that but like there's no motivation for me to figure it out you know <laughs> like i was mm-hmm. just like eh. yeah so i'm still so learning you- so it's just you know like, even if you're in the queer community it doesn't mean you're an expert on every part yeah you know? there's so much so, yeah everybody's always learning and it is that you know every experience is different your story is different than your wife's story mm-hmm. you know like everybody has a different experience of what it is just like you know every trans story is different i mean we all have com- commonalities of course but mm-hmm. everybody's experience is different everybody's desires of their transition is different you know not yeah. everybody wants hormones and surgeries some people go all the way some people don't do anything at all i mean it's all personal and yeah. nobody's more or less anything based on what they choose to do you know you're the yeah. only one who knows who you are so at the end of the day i love that do they so yeah. you mentioned they have a twin sister so does it bother them yeah. to be called sisters still um i th- no i mean we haven't really, it's funny because my sister was like uh what should i call what should i call them now like my brother's spouse or sibling-in-law and i was like you know we haven't thought about that yet so yeah. we're still thinking about like the terms that you normally use but i think sibling i mean yeah. That's what my sister and I say to each other because honestly, for so long, this is like the only way I still misgender myself is when I meet somebody who's my sister's friend, I say, Hi, I'm Lauren's sister. And then I'm like, I mean, she's my sister. You know, like I bungle it all up. Yeah. <laughs> because for 22 years, I was her sister. So, like that in my brain, I have never been able to correct. It That's feels weird. weird to say brother. So, like sibling. Yeah. I like to say sibling. Yeah. I think the more we can kind of like neutralize it for everybody, the mm-hmm. easier it is going forward. Yeah. We've been trying to figure out a more neutral way to say aunt because mm-hmm. we have a five year old now who just says auntie. Mm-hmm. But they're like, I'm not like loving that, but also I don't really know what else to choose. Yeah. That's Uncle oh, there's not there's no in the middle, you know. Mm-mm. So like with yeah, mom or dad, you can just say different you know? Yeah. You make up and yeah, it's my son right, calls it's us much- our son, um he heard my wife call me honey like whenever they were in the shower and i was supposed to go get him she'd be like honey yeah. so he started calling me honey and one day i was like, <laughs> on the phone and i was like hey darling and he started calling her darling so we're honey and darling That's so cute. now and i love adorable. that yeah. i love that it's adorable <laughs> and then our daughter made a video about that on tiktok and everyone's like just let him pick i'm like he's gonna yeah, call honey. her like rock you know yeah. honey and <laughs> i darling. call that our daughter couldn't say yeah. my name when she was Hello. two so she calls me lisa and when she finally started calling me mom, I was like, no, I like Lisa. Now everyone calls me Lisa. I'm like, that's, I guess so that's my other name. Even people from church, right. they hear it, call me Lisa. So I'm like, yeah, just make up a <laughs> I name. Guess I it works. Name changed. <laughs> yeah, you just make right. up a name. 
it's right. fun too, especially that. when kids do it because it's special. Um, right. Exactly. That's what I would. So. Yeah. Let him. It'll be funny. It'll be honey or yeah, darling? Who knows? Um, right. Something like that. I like that. Thank you for explaining that, though. I, I really. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I keep trying to tell my daughter. I'm like, I mean, I think that they, yeah, they don't identify as super male or super female. There's just this in between. And I saw a video yesterday on TikTok that was called the two spirit thing. And it was from like indigenous <laughs> tribes, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Um, And that I was like, that makes sense. Cause a, a man could go and hunt, but he could also like to sew. It was just not these gender roles. Mm-hmm. It was like, you do what right, you're good exactly. at and what you like. And that was a thing that they just tried exactly. to shut down. And oh, white people came along and were like, binary. acceptable. Yeah. And so, I mean, I think thankfully we're in a generation where we're trying to break those norms and, you know, right. women can do anything. Like I remodeled a kitchen. I've never done that, but why not? Right. Um, right. I wanted to, you know, I mean, obviously my dad's a carpenter, so that helps, but women right. can do whatever they want and men right. can do whatever they want or they can do whatever they want, whatever it is. Like right. do what you love, I think. Right. And uh, be who yeah. you want to be. So Exactly. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I Break like out that. of these these gender roles that have been set upon us for too long that just hold yeah. people back. When it's you like know? boys used to wear dresses and pink. And then that changed Right. Everyone day. gets. Right. Now and men in dresses. It's a girl color. Like, yeah. <laughs> right. Like, so, no, it's not pink. Some hero color. My I'm nephew super loves excited. pink. There you go. Yeah. My nephew, he loves Elsa. He loves like everything like that. I mean, yeah. His father is like, no. Like, he's literally five. Like, it doesn't, <laughs> just it doesn't let him be a kid. He's yeah. looking up to the hero of the movie, you know? Like, yeah. So. Yeah, we have a bunch of our daughter's old toys that were like, why would we buy more? And they're pink. And my son doesn't right. care. But then other boys will come and like, that's a girl. So I'm like, no, that's a free toy. We paid for it. It's still around. He doesn't care. It rolls. That's just a toy. Yeah, it's just a toy. It just happens to be pink. It was his sister's. It's a hand-me-down. Right. We're about that life. I don't want to buy another toy. Video. Right. I saw this video once that was like, they had babies, boy babies and girl babies, like playing with toys and they switched their outfits. So the person watching them didn't know that they were actually the opposite gender and they were trying to encourage them to play with those toys. And it just proved like the kid's going to play with whatever toy you give to it. Yeah. Like, he's not going to be like, oh, I'm a boy. I'm going to play with the trucks or I'm mm-hmm. a girl. I'm going to play with this. You know, it was like, they yeah. still chose whatever toy that they were just given, you know? So it's like, we're putting that onto them. Yeah. When we should like just give them toys and let them play, let them explore, you know. Yeah, well, it's like uh, my son wants to vacuum and wash dishes because it's what he sees us do, and I'm like, takes forever right. to let him do Good. it. But I want <laughs> him to grow up and do chores. Um, just right. like my daughter, she takes out the trash. I'm like, she's right. able to walk across the street, take out the trash. It does, it's not a boy right. or girl thing. It's that you live in this house right. and you're responsible. Well, um, let's break down that toxic yeah. masculinity. Any, I mean, me, yeah. it's either going to be her or me or my wife. It's going to be a girl, regardless who takes out the trash. Right. Um, right. So, <laughs> you know, we're all about right. trying to let them explore whatever it is that they love, and right, yeah, it's a new thing, but it's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. So, do y'all want to have kids? Is that a weird? Is that a weird question? No, we we just really like being the, the fun uncle and aunt it's we got dog we got a dog we got three cats that's pretty good we're like okay 
I don't really want a parent. We've really, I used to think I did, but then, you know, when I met my spouse, their nephew was three and a half at that time. And I was like, oh, I can have like a meaningful relationship with a child, but not have to be the parent, which is like what I was seeking. I was like, I, I think that would be cool. You know, I, I hadn't been around kids since I was myself a kid. So then I was like, mm. wow, this is fun. But also I like to be like, okay, I'm going home. <laughs> I gotta go. Yeah. So I like to be a good, I want to be a good role model. I want to be, you know, involved in people's lives in that way but i'm like i don't think i don't i'm like i don't want to fuck up anybody you know like i have way too much childhood issues you know we both feel like okay you know i don't think we're cut out for it we'll be the we'll take care of kids sometime but for us for our babies only <laughs> there you go so, there's a lot and of people it would be so want to. yeah it would be so complicated for us even if we wanted to have children mm-hmm. you know so it's like I think if I was like cisgender and we were together, it'd be like, oh, if we accidentally got pregnant, then yeah, maybe we would. But it's mm-hmm. like, there's no accidentally. So there's no intentional. Don't like yeah. intentionally want to. You know? If something was to like ever happen to her or their sister, then yeah, we would like take him in, you know, something mm-hmm. like that. If that would ever happen, like obviously. But yeah. intentionally wanting to become parents, no. No. Well, that's good. You know, yeah. you gotta know. Yeah. 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 Right. We can't accidentally get pregnant either. So. It's like, yeah. you know, one time we were at the doctor, my spouse was at the hospital and the guy was like, any chance that you're pregnant? And they're like, no. And he's like, how do you know? And we were just both like, uh, it's not biologically possible. And he was just like, and he's like, I don't have time to get into that. And he just went on to his next question. But we were like, what, what do we say in that situation? Yeah. I've been asked that a lot. Like when I go to right. the doctor and I'm like. Thankfully, my gynecologist knows because she helped us get pregnant. Right. But uh, other places are like, "Are you sure?" I'm like, hundred um, percent sure. I'm pretty sure. I'm definitely <laughs> not, unless the Holy Spirit yeah. came down and impregnated right. me, unless like Mary. Like I'm not. Pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. Def- definitely not. So it's a weird yeah. question. I'm like, no, I'm not. Yeah. No. Like, if but, I say no, then why do you have to pester? Like, no. It's so weird. <laughs> Yeah. Things that people don't think about. Um, well, I mean, is there anything else? I love your following on TikTok. I love what you share. I think it's awesome because you're really educating people and you're very open. And I like that. Um, That's my goal is like, I want to just be able to like, I think about like what I would have benefited from seeing when I was like 14. Mm-hmm. That's who I try and be like, that's why I'm like, I gotta get into TikTok. That's where the youth are. Like I have this yeah. whole YouTube channel, but like, no one's really on YouTube anymore. I, I still share things. It's kind of like a video. It's, it was started out as like a, just a video diary for me to like track my transition. And then I started getting some followers and people commenting and stuff like that. I think I have like a thousand followers there, which is a lot for that's you good. Know, like YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> like TikTok, that's like nothing. TikTok's wow. weird. Yeah. Anyway, my spouse is like, you need to make a TikTok. You need to make a TikTok. And I like resisted for so long. And finally I got on TikTok. So um, I really like it. It's been super fun to connect to people. And mm-hmm. yeah, I just try and be authentic. This is my experience. You know, I'm not I'm not trying to bash people. Like whenever I make a post about my parents or like just make one about my childhood friend. Like, I'm not trying to be mean to them. I'm just trying to connect to other people that have had the same experience. So they're yeah. like, oh my gosh, I'm not the only person whose mm-hmm. best friend literally ditched them. You know, like. Um, I'm just trying to show people like you're not the only one in that experience because when I was a kid I thought I was the only one who felt the way I felt so yeah I try and be try and be real about what's happening in my life like that's important to me to be super authentic online because yeah. most people aren't you know it's hard and most people 
and for the views, the likes, and it's hard, you know, he's just comparing yourself to others. And I'm like, I'm just trying to be real. This is me yeah. being real, as real as I can be, you know. Um, you do a great job at it. Um, yeah. I feel the same way. I've, <laughs> I've had letters and I've had things and people have, like the people who were friends with me and knew that I was talking bad about a friend on Instagram were like, who are you talking about? And I told them and um, they got all mad. They're like, you can't be hurtful. I'm like, this is my story. Like, this is what happened. Right. I'm not being hurtful. I'm sure yeah. this is the trauma I went through. I still love them. Yes. We don't talk. Yes. But it happened because it's happening right. to other people. And I want them to know right. like, you're not alone. Yeah, I made a TikTok on Mother's Day about how Mother's Day is hard for me. And my mom saw it. She's not on TikTok, but somebody who knows her saw it and showed it to her. And she was really upset about it. And I was like, I'm not making that to be mean to you. Like, I am because that is my experience. And I'm trying to connect to somebody else who's having the same experience. Like, Mm -hmm. if I knew you were going to watch that, I probably wouldn't have posted it because I'm not that mean. But I knew that you were on TikTok. So, like, I didn't know your friend was going to see it. So, but again, it's like, it's part of my story. I'm not just going to pretend like it didn't happen. Like those are all things that impact me to this day. You know, I'm just being authentic. Like somebody else yeah. out there doesn't like my either. And it's going to connect to that story. So mm-hmm. yeah, I totally feel like it's like, I'm not, it's, you know, you're just sharing because you want to connect to somebody else in the same position. Not that you want to be mean to the person yeah. that you're talking about. I think it's important. Yeah. There's so much trauma that even straight people are, anybody can carry but we're so surface level as a world i think that it's important right dig deeper and be like look i have the same problem and that's how we heal right Um, right exactly exactly just open and real and raw i think right Um, yeah but it's so hard to be vulnerable yeah there's a million videos on my youtube of me crying Mm -hmm. and i show it all like if I'm gonna document it, I'm gonna document like the ups and the downs. I felt like everyone I was watching was always posting the highlight reel of like hormones, hormone update, top surgery, and not like any of the hard stuff. And I'm like, the hard stuff is gonna happen too. I don't want people to go into it thinking it's all gonna be sunshine. You know, it's yeah. not all sunshine. Yeah. But the sunshine is bigger than the sad most of the time. You know, so yeah. But yeah, I think it's important to show all sides of it. You know, not just the happy part. You know. Yeah, that's good. It's important. Because, yeah, yeah, people, I mean, with coming out, you know, most likely, especially if you're in a Christian or religious environment growing up, you know it's going to be hard. Like, you expect it. Right. But then right. all the other stuff that comes with it, you, you're not really as prepared for. Right. And I mean, right. I'm sure with transitioning and all that, it, I know it comes with more. Um, yeah. And I can't, I'm, it's not my story. That's why I share yours. So right. <laughs> like yeah. I could try to explain it, but I, I do know, and I have empathy that I know it's not an easy road. Um, so. You do risk it all. I mean, so many, especially older generation trans people, like my grandfather was really into like researching stuff when I came out because he wanted to like understand better. And he found this story. I think it was a blog of this doctor who literally gave up everything, like owned their, her own practice gave it all up because she didn't have support. She like had to completely start from scratch, hmm. started working for somebody else, moved to a completely different state, like transitioned completely, lost her whole family, like 
that is the level that some people have to go to to be able to yeah. be authentic. You know, like you you have to risk it all. It's like, do I live a miserable life but have all these things? You know, like what's what do you keep giving up? Mm-hmm. Your happiness or stuff like yeah. that. So yeah. yeah, and even when people who come out as gay, I mean, some people have to give up everything. You, depending on your family and where you're at, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. it can be hard to. That's what held me back for so long. Was like, do I want to risk everything that I have in my life? Yeah, you know. And eventually it was like, I'm going to die if I don't do something. That was the point mm-hmm. of that. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you found your joy and you were brave enough yes. to risk it all. And um, I love yeah. that you and your spouse have found a place that y'all are able to have faith and be safe and now even get to help other people doing that. I think right. that's amazing. Every once in a while, we're both like, wow, I can't believe you like go to a church. <laughs> it's like we're in church. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. We're church people again. It's weird, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. And, and I, I hope it gets, um, becomes more of a just normal thing across the country and the world. Right. I know it's still illegal so. yeah. in so many places, but right. thank you, you know. so, so much. I think for that this on. movie, the 1946 movie oh. is going to be big. Yeah, did you see that I interviewed her? Rocky? Yes, yeah, yeah. I just I'm so yeah. excited for that time. <laughs> I'm really excited. That's gonna change things for me. Mm-hmm. And they're interviewing both sides, like for and against. Yeah. And I think that's important. Wow. That's um, awesome. Yeah. To show both I know movies. I was I was like don't want it to be too biased or everybody will just write it off, you know. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. I mean yeah. when I came out I'm I read for that. both sides. I was reading against and for and then came to my decision yeah um because right. i didn't want it to be just like what made me happy i wanted to like really think about it, mm-hmm. about it also definitely highly recommend the documentary changing the game just came out on hulu okay it's about trans and sports but there's one part where the one the transgender guy um his grandma talks about how she's like I'm a devout Baptist and I read through my whole Bible and there is nothing in here that says that it's wrong. Like she's mm-hmm. like, I wanted to know the way cause you know, her faith was important to her. So she speaks to that a little bit in, in that documentary. It's really awesome yeah. documentary too, talking about. Do you have any that. books that you'd recommend? Oh boy. I got a bunch. Um, let's see. What's a good one. Love lives here by Amanda Jete Knox. Both her child and her spouse transitioned like a year or so apart of each other. Oh, wow. um, I read that book literally in like five hours, cover to cover. It was so good. She's an amazing mm-hmm. writer, and her story is really, really powerful. Um, Once a Girl, Always a Boy is another book. Who's it by? Joe Ivester. It's another mm-hmm. like mother's perspective, and also kind of it goes back and forth between the mother's perspective and the son's perspective. He transitions. That, that one was really good. Um, yeah, certainly there's plenty others. I could, I could send you a list if you want to put them in like show notes or something. Yeah. I'd have to look at yeah. what all the authors are. Oh, totally. Yeah. And then the Real first collection. one you recommended in the beginning that your, your church was reading. What was that? One? Um, Trans- transforming. By I think Austin I've Hartke. seen, I think I follow him on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, cause he speaks. That's a really places, good one. Doesn't he? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. That's a good one for people that want to get into more of the biblical perspective on things too. Yeah. I really appreciate your time and I'm thankful that we got to chat. Yeah, Um, this is great. Yeah. yeah, Thank you for reaching out. 
And that really helped me because I'm always looking for new stories. So anyone listening, if you feel like you have a story that you want to share and that you've been through trauma and um, you just like to share, reach out to me because I'm all about finding new stories to share. Um, thank you so yeah. much for being on. I'll be sure to like add your TikTok handle for everyone to follow awesome. you on TikTok because you share a lot of great information and um, yeah. everyone listening, please subscribe, like all the things. And as always have a great one until next time. Hey guys, thanks for listening to my mom's podcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button, turn on the notifications and give this video a big thumbs up. Also, thanks for your comments and your feedback. Hey guys, thanks Hey guys, thanks for listening to my podcast. (laughs) Oh gosh.